3: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church.
4: or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox.
2: What are we here to do today? We're here to do a baptism, or five baptisms to be precise. And why do we do it? Well, I want to read you just a few verses from the New Testament. And the first one comes from Matthew, Matthew's Gospel. It should be on the screen when we're ready for it. But Matthew's Gospel, and it says this, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. This was after Jesus has died and risen, and he's about to ascend into heaven, and he says this. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So they were obedient to Jesus. He told them to go, so they went to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. There's a news flash for some of us, isn't it? It's okay to have doubts. It is okay. The disciples who'd been with Jesus, who'd followed Jesus, had their doubts, even when he was stood in front of him. And it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son, And the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, baptism, Jesus said, Go, make disciples, and baptize them. So, to be a follower of Jesus is the first requirement. We have a simple little card that we give out at church sometimes. It looks a bit like this it's called the Four Points. Here it's got a picture of a heart. That just says, God loves you. Every single one of us in this room, God loves you. The second one is an X. It it says, I've made mistakes. We've got it wrong. Just like you used to get on your work at school. Unless you were like Jeff Chad or Simon. They obviously didn't make them really, maybe. Certainly in French. Okay. Then there's a picture of the cross and it says, So he died for us. So God loves us. We've all made mistakes. He's died for us. Jesus died for us. And then there's a question mark which says, what are you going to do about that? You've got a choice to make. You have to decide to live for God. And those verses I just read, Jesus was saying to his disciples, go. Show others that I'm alive, that I'm risen. And that they'll believe too and be baptised in my name. The other verse I like to read at baptisms is Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and it says this If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say if you do loads of good stuff, you will be saved. It doesn't say if you go to church and sing some nice songs, you'll be saved. It doesn't say, if you go and spend your money and look after the poor, you'll be saved. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is number one, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he appeared So that's what these people, these five people this morning, are going to come and share with you. Their stories are different, but their stories are still relevant because each one of them has realised they needed Jesus. And so they have believed first. The Bible regularly says, believe and be baptised. It doesn't say, be baptised and then believe. It says, believe and be baptised. So this morning, we've got five people who already believe. And they're going to get baptised. Just to show you what we're going to do, Logan, come here, because you're nice and small and light. Okay? So Logan, imagine Logan was getting baptised. He's going to do this just so that it's easier to hold him and he's not going to flail around and hit me in the face. sure, is he all right being on the camera? I suddenly thought. should have asked Debbie. Is that okay? Take a step forwards. I'm not going to smack his head. Trust me. It's okay. I'm not going to smack your head, Logan. Do you trust me? Yeah, you're daft. Right, okay. So these people are going to get into this pool. After they've shared their story with us, they're going to get into the pool of water. The water is tap water. It's come out of the heaters. It's come out of the tap. It's the same... Yeah, we won't go into that. It's the same water you're going to drink your tea and coffee from later. Not quite. We're not going to recycle it. And basically, they're going to get in the water. They're going to say that they believe in Jesus as their saviour. And then we're going to take them, stay really straight, okay? Yeah. Don't bend your legs, trust me, okay? Then they're going to go under the water. No, keep your legs straight, come on, come on, bear with me, <laughs> okay? <laughs> then they're going to go under the water, which is just like Jesus, was, are you right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus was buried, for, and then three days later, he rose again to new life. Thank you, Logan. You can stay there a minute. No, you can stay there, because it stops you talking. Um, (laughs) But that is what the symbol of baptism is. Just like Jesus, he died and rose again. It's not, this isn't the thing that will make the difference. There's been a really good thing on Facebook this week about the thief on the cross. If your theology says, oh, you don't, if you're not a proper Christian unless you've taken communion, the thief on the cross didn't take communion. Or you're not a proper Christian unless you're baptised, the thief on the cross didn't have time to get baptised. Loads of things like that. Baptism is people showing you, I have decided to follow Jesus it's an act of obedience. So if you're a Christian this morning, Jesus said, be baptized. There's no perfect time to get baptized. It's it's good that you're not going in the water. It can be arranged. No. You sure? You can go and sit down now. Thank you, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Just to illustrate it further before they come and share their stories, this, you know, this is a bit of an illustration of of what Jesus was. So, you know, the disciples had nothing. They had nothing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus said, follow me. And all of a sudden, they saw miracles, and they saw Jesus healing people, and they saw the water turn into wine, and they saw dead raised, they saw the sick healed. And then, Jesus was arrested, and everything went a little bit black, and dark, and empty, And so really, that Easter morning, it it had really gone back to how it was before. Because Jesus, they thought it had all gone wrong. They thought Jesus was supposed to be this one. And yet it had all gone wrong. He'd been arrested. He'd been killed, put in a tomb. But then Easter Sunday, we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose again. And he came back. He came back. For what he shouldn't have come back from. And the Bible tells me he did it for me and he did it for you. So this morning, if you don't know what it's all about and you're not sure how to follow it, take one of these cards. On the back, it's got a few little more words. But the people I'm going to leave it best to are the people who are going to get baptised themselves. They are not perfect. Okay? I am not perfect. They are not perfect. Being dunked in this tub will not make them perfect. They might smell better, but I can't even promise that because it's just water. They are not perfect. This doesn't mean they are going to be perfect forever. We will make mistakes. But do you know what it says? It says they know that Jesus paid for their mistakes, that Jesus was perfect. And because of his death and resurrection, they could say, I'm following him. Because he had the best comeback of all time. He didn't stay dead. He rose to new life. These people are saying this morning, we've risen to new life. We are Christians. We follow Jesus. They're all at different stages. You're all on their side, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm going to invite them now, one at a time to share their stories with us. So first of all is Amy. So Amy's going to come (laughs) It's start. Chin.
3: What? Sorry. Hi everyone, I'm Amy. (laughs) Um, So my first experience was of church was as a child. Every week I went with my primary school, but after primary school never really went to church, but always kept my faith. Back in 2019, I lost my son Dylan. My whole world had felt like it had fallen apart. Every day I'd wake up wishing I hadn't. I couldn't cope with the heartache of waking up every day without my son. I found myself angry with God, asking why he had taken my son. I found myself also begging God to send Dylan back to me, making the promise, if he could, I would not fail that little boy again. I came to Ros and Johnny through my children's school. We had a chat, and then Roz had passed me on to Debbie. Although I was nervous about what had happened, Debbie came round, and I instantly felt at ease. I poured my heart out, and this led to me getting a real close bond with Debbie, which then led me to church. The first time I came to church, I cried my heart out carried on for weeks. It had felt like it felt like it was helping but the pain and misunderstanding was still there. Which led me to being on and off with the church up until about six months ago. I still went to the meals and Toddlers which is where I got to know Steph. Rod had asked Steph to come round and help me paint my house. Me and Steph got to talking and again for the first time in three years I found myself opening up with no fear of judgment. Steph had advised me to watch the shack to understand the reason God took Dylan home was not, was not to make me suffer or to punish me but to stop Dylan suffering I cried at Steph and said you could have warned me but that's the day I finally understood I wasn't to blame and no it was God my faith has come a long way since meeting the right people light has shone through and I can see how much faith actually changes your life I kept feeling like I wanted to give my life to God. I just didn't know how. So that Sunday I got up and I went for prayer and I give my life to Jesus. So I was asked to choose a song that speaks to me and why. So the song I chose was Cody Khan's Run to the Father. The reason I chose this song is because it tells me no matter how tough things get, I will never be alone. Not while the Lord walks with me each and every day. The verse I chose is 2 Corinthians, verse 1, chapter 3. Praise to be the God, the Father, of our Lord Jesus, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. The reason I chose this verse is because to me, God never left me in my darkest time. Although I couldn't see him or hear him, I know he was there. And it brings me so much comfort to know my little boy is up there with the Lord, no longer suffering, but at peace.
2: Thank you, Amy. story of how god uses people to change lives and show jesus yeah brilliant thanks amy okay this is a nerve-wracking thing to do a lot of these people have never stood up in front of people before so just give them some encouragement so we're going to go i think jules is next where are you Jules? give jules a round of applause can i just say really important Jules has asked that no photo, it's probably be best if all the official photographs are taken of the people getting baptised, unless you're family, but also Jules has asked that we don't share any on Facebook if that's okay. Is that fair enough? Brill. Okay, over to you. Thank you. Hi,
5: uh, so my name's Jules. I even have to write that on my paper because I'm very nervous, just in case I forgot. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, hope, sorry, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I'm going to go through each one of these to try and explain how I've ended up here today. So faith. I was brought up in a Christian home, and I've always had a level of faith, but not to the point I have now. Over the last couple of years, my faith has been tried and tested, but no matter how much doubt, unhelpful thinking, and challenges I have faced, I've ended up turning back to God. Trusting is something I've really struggled with. In the song I chose chose for today, Do It Again, it states, you have never failed me yet. A while ago, I had doubts about this song. Has Has God not failed me? I was bullied at school. I ended up in an emotionally abusive relationship. My brother-in-law, a lovely Christian man, suddenly died. On reflection, though, I was reminded that he has never failed me. It says in the Bible that we will have trouble in this world, which is what I have experienced just like probably everyone else in this room. God hasn't failed us, though, because he promises that he will always be there with us. I look back and realize that actually he will have always been there, but the problem is I have not always let him be there. The verse I have chosen is Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I remember when I was in an emotionally abusive relationship, where I had been made to feel like I was absolutely nothing, made to feel very insecure, I got told I was the butt of everyone's jokes, that I was pathetic, I was crying on the floor, being laughed at, I was lied about. The list goes on, and I wasn't in a good place, and I felt so out of control and unhappy, not being able to deal with anything in a helpful way. I just stood in the bedroom one day after four years and cried out, please, God, just get me out of here. I did get out of there not long after, but then things did get worse with threats, for example. It was horrendous. This was dealt with, but I was left feeling worthless and further down the line, experienced a level of PTSD. On top of this, after God got me out of the relationship, I spent the next six years trying to get off a house mortgage. And even though I had the support of my amazing family and some friends, I just spent every day living on edge, thinking what will come next. I don't blame myself for living on edge and living in a fear because I wasn't where I was then, where I am now. But if I had been in a position to trust God in this practical situation and not try and hold on to it myself, I wouldn't have been as damaged physically and left with so much tension in my body or as mentally affected in the process of trying to deal with cutting ties and getting off the mortgage. I can see the outcome would have been the same but with less damage to myself. So like I mentioned, God didn't fail me, I just didn't let him in, because on many levels I didn't know how to. This is hindsight though, and the reality is, even with hindsight, trust is not always easy when horrible things happen, but sometimes it is all we are left with. I will never ever understand why a good man was taken from our family at 40 years old, the hurt and turmoil it has caused We've probably all been around in circles with what ifs, whys, feeling very angry, upset. But leaning on my own understanding has not helped out one bit. So all that is left for me is to trust God. Going back to my song, I'm still in your hands, this is my confidence. I know I need to let go and trust. I've tried to manage things for so long myself and this now leads me on to hope. I started with OCD at a very young age, the bullying I mentioned at school, I started to try and manage with rituals etc. It was exhausting and looking back now I think hmm, I can see that washing my hands twice in a row isn't going to save the world or stop me being bullied and can laugh at some other things now, but at the time anyone who has struggled with severe OCD will know how debilitating it is and how real it can feel. The OCD became more manageable, but anxiety was still there and has been for over 30 years. Low mood hits me at times, and I have struggled physically, for example, with painful and debilitating periods and pain in my body for many years. I prayed about my mental health, my physical health, and I've been prayed for by many different people. Going back to my song, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. I honestly thought they would have fallen, Why am I not healed though? What is wrong with me? Is God punishing me? Have I made too many mistakes? Am I not worthy? Like I mentioned, I've had prayer for healing and actually since then, I've had more physical symptoms and I'm currently waiting for a camera down my throat to my stomach. And now I need to go for an X-ray on my mouth at the hospital, really? Back to my song, Your Promise Still Stands. I went to Flourish a few weeks ago. It was a great day, emotionally draining, but what I needed, and along with that and Johnny's sermons prior, I was given the final push to hope again. I remember that situations can change for any of us. We see miracles for some and not us, but it doesn't mean they can't happen for us. Sometimes also we are looking for the big miracle and miss the smaller miracles along the way. I think by now you'll see I've struggled in my life, but amongst all those struggles, I've somehow managed to get a degree at university, do a post-grad course, hold down different jobs, got married to my lovely Craig, and I've worked in mental health for the last eight years in the NHS, putting what has been meant for harm into helping others. Standing here talking in front of you guys is definitely another miracle. And actually, maybe what we want changing is not necessarily always the main problem. I've always gone to fear and anxiety about health difficulties, but this time I know I need to trust. And whether I am happy in the build up to the tests mentioned or not, the outcome will still be the same. So it's my choice what to do. Felt I was tempted when I was told the other day that I had to go for an X-ray. The dentist wrote a word on the slip and he told me not to go Googling it. I got home and all I could think about was Googling it, but I knew I shouldn't, it would make me worry. I knew I needed to let go of knowing what it was and remind myself who is in charge. Sometimes the least we know the better, as they say, let go and let God. And the remainder of my day was better than what it would have been if I'd looked. Another thing that I realised at Flourish was that I am loved. And this leads me on to the final part, but the greatest love. The negative thinking, the bullying, the relationship, etc., have often made me feel unloved, felt like I am not good enough even though I've had family and people who showed me nothing but care and love throughout my life. Sometimes people don't have anyone physically in their life and can feel lonely, but ironically people can also be surrounded by others but still feel lonely. Sometimes I felt lonely in my thoughts and lived in my head so much that I've lost sight of what was real. Up until Flourish, I probably didn't believe I was loved by God like other people and that I wasn't worthy. Now I do though and it feels great can't explain how that happened, but something just changed that day at the conference. Love is quite a big part of my spiritual development, as when Craig and I got married, we got our bands read at St. George's Church, and the sermon was about loving difficult people. This got me back into church life because it was exactly what I needed to hear, and helped me in certain relationships. I still struggled with aspects of this, I am human after all, but what makes sense to me now is that by accepting God's love for us, we are believing that we are worthy, so can begin to love ourselves and then give love freely, even to the difficult people in our lives, because we don't need anything in return, as we already have all the love and approval we need. I'm so grateful for my amazing family, friends, and now my church family who have taken me under their wing. I feel more love now than I ever have, and this gives me strength and encouragement. Last but not least, my wonderful husband, who who by all accounts I actually nearly finished with him in the early days because he was too nice. I thought I needed to be treated badly. He has changed that perception, though, and I am forever grateful. Plus, we both grew up supporting Blackburn Rover, so obviously it was meant to be. On that note, I keep getting thoughts of what could happen at Blackburn Rovers and how it could bring encouraging change and being in a certain position could help lots of people financially, for example, especially in this room. But on paper, it is an absolute non-starter. So I'll sit on that for now. But we all know with God all things are possible, so we'll see. So just to finish, even though I don't have everything together, don't understand everything related to the Bible and God, and there are times when I feel like I'm falling apart, what I do know, I have to keep me going, is faith, hope, and most of all, love.
2: Good job. Okay. Well done, Jules. Just to give a bit of context as well, Jules actually asked to be baptised 12 months ago, and it's taken this long, so well done, Jules. And thank you, Craig, for being with her today, supporting as well. But. Uh, Again, another story where things aren't perfect, but in the midst of our mess and rubble, God does restore and God brings love and hope. I'm gonna invite the two guys up now. So Ian and Ian and John, you gotta come up now. Just up you come. These two are much shyer than the ladies. Is it what, sorry? You're just scared. Yeah. They'll be fine. One of the questions that they, they asked me last week or two weeks ago was, is it, maybe it's too early to get baptised. And I just said, well, if you believe in Jesus, the, the Ethiopian eunuch believed and straight away got baptised. This isn't about getting everything, all your ducks in a row. Some of you might not even know where your ducks are. But it's about knowing that Jesus is your saviour. So are you going to just read what you've prepared? Or do you want me to interview you still? You want me to interview you. Do you are you going to just read what you've prepared? Yeah, right. John's going to just read what he's prepared. It, it's short, like him, short and sweet, like you. OK? But John, you know, y- you can read what you've prepared, and then we'll interview Ian. Is that right?
6: Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm John. I'm originally from Leeds hey. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few upsets when I was younger, which I blame God for. I lost two wives in the '70s. I got another partner late in the 70s, it lasted till 2022. When I did something stupid I left at that time, I was in Cleveland near Blackpool, where I lost two brothers. I was looking for cheap accommodation, I moved into a hotel in Morecambe, temporarily. Then I ended up in Barrow in Furnace by accident, which I think God had a hand in. Then I realized it's where I wanted to be. I moved into main Day House, which was a bedstead, and realized I needed Jesus and invited him into my life. They were going to church on Sunday and asked if I would like to join them. I wanted to, so I, I said yes. I wanted to ask God for help. I've never been christened or baptized since birth. I have been going to church. I do feel a little better. I don't blame God anymore hope we will take me into his fold. Thank you very much. Of course he will, John.
2: This, this guy is a character, I tell you now. I tell you now, he's funny. But uh, yeah, thank you for that, John. The fact that you had, again, a lot of loss in his life. But the reason I asked them to come up together is because I know Ian has played a big part in John's life and Phoebe as well. So Ian, I'm gonna ask you those questions, if I can find them. Um, that we can do. Okay, so Ian just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Ian. Um, I was born in Hong Kong. I moved to Baddow when I was five months old. I've been here, well most of my life.
2: Okay, excellent. You're married to Phoebe as well. Yeah, yeah and dad to Quan, and dad to Milky the dog. Yeah, yeah. okay. And Mia the cat, okay. They're your fur babies. That's right, isn't it? So what was your first experience of church, Ian?
1: My first experience of church was in um, St. James's church. And um, it was a old church, wooden chairs, wooden benches, symph- singing from hymn books. Then I came to Spring Mount. I, th- I was thinking that it's the same thing wooden benches sing from him books um a vicar standing in front telling us things and then um spring was completely different It was modern funny and um <laughs> warm and welcoming
2: just emphasize the funny bit that's right yeah, okay okay so when did you decide to accept jesus as your savior here
1: Well, I think I accepted Jesus when I was around about 11. That's when I was in Hong Kong and we were in a Christian school. And I always, I think it's during that time I accepted Jesus as my savior. And I have ever since, but there was times I left. Okay.
2: Okay, so it's been up and down. So how has being a Christian changed your life, do you think?
1: Well, it <clears throat> makes me a little bit calmer, and um, it helps me to look at things differently. Why I haven't, um, was the things that I asked for God, God to give me, and he hasn't given me. And I think, why hasn't he given me that? And I asked for it, and, but now I know that the reason is because it's for my own good.
2: And what challenges has God helped you overcome?
1: <clears throat> well, um, when I pray um, to God, He will always answer me and it will guide me through my challenges and my obstacles. I also found that if I leave God, which I have, and for a number of years, I wandered around like a uh, without a target or a place to go. And if I followed God, I might have not made some terrible mistakes if I never left. But after I came back to God, I made some. I have places and targets to uh, aim for, so that's the difference.
2: Okay, a bit of purpose, a bit of purpose. And finally, what are your hopes and prayers for the future?
1: To be ready when the Father calls and carry out his work to be, to his instructions, and ask the Father for ability and courage. Know that there'll be some challenges as a Christian. I know the Lord will be with me. That's why I pick Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Thanks, Ian.
2: So, Ian and John, give it up for these guys. Thank you very much. Okay. And finally, last but by no means least, here comes Suzanne. So, Suzanne, yeah, go on. I, I'm just a, I think Suzanne's a bit of an evangelist, just warning you, okay, just warning you, go for it. Thank you.
7: Incomplete. I can tell you that I have gone through the majority of my life feeling this way. That's not to say I haven't been incredibly happy, blessed and grateful for my life and for the people in it. I just never felt whole. Like something was missing, and after 40 years of life, I now know the reason for this. As far back as I can remember, I have been plagued with the big questions. The questions that at some point, I'm sure we will all ask at some stage in our lives. Who am I? Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? And what happens to us when we die? And over the years, i searched, but never found the answers to these huge questions, and this is why I felt so incomplete. I was christened Catholic, went to a Catholic primary school, had my children christened Catholic, and sent them to the same school that I had gone to. I grew up in a family who believed, and some would go to church, but not overly religious. I always believed in God. There was never any doubt in my mind that God existed, but I never knew Jesus. I remember being a little girl studying church and looking up at the cross with Jesus on it and thinking what's this man got to do with God and why did he have to die? Many times as a child I remember daydreaming in church and seeing the images of Jesus suffering and carrying the cross dotted around the building and being fascinated with it but not knowing in my head or my heart what it all meant. I took RE at GCSE at school, and my teacher was trying to explain the Trinity to us. I remember his exact words were, God is Jesus, and Jesus is God. Eh? No, I argued back, Jesus was the son of God, but not actually God in the flesh, or so I thought at 15. So I went through the majority of my teens and adult life, being a firm believer in God, knowing that there is far more to this universe than what we see, but never finding the answers to any of my questions or the contentment that only Jesus can give. But things were about to change. In 2019, my granddad passed away and I had the privilege of being at his side when he did. He had been poorly for a while, but his passing was pretty sudden and quick. When I walked into his room and could see he was in the last moments of his life, I put my hands together and started to pray. I asked my grandma for a Bible and started to read from it. He passed very peacefully and I felt blessed to have been there. Afterward, when I had time to sit and process what had happened, I was pretty surprised at how I had reacted. I told myself that I had prayed and read from the Bible to comfort Granddad, but that wasn't just it, there was more to it than that and I felt different. I now know the reason I did that for my granddad was because it's the truth. And I knew deep down inside that in them final moments of his life, he was preparing to meet his creator. And at that time, nothing else mattered other than the word of God. After granddad's passing, the questions just got bigger and bigger. And the Jesus-shaped hole in my heart was crying out to be filled. And then we hit early 2020 and the pandemic happened. With so much suffering, brokenness, and evil in the world, I felt like my eyes were finally being opened by some unseen force. The veil had been lifted, and I started to see things differently for the first time, and God was using this period in my life to draw me close. I was no longer just asking questions. I was seeking the truth. We live in a fallen world. Why is it so broken? These questions led me straight into the arms of Jesus. It's like I was dangling out in space with a rope tied around my waist, and I was slowly being pulled in by someone or something. A seed that had been planted deep within me many years ago and had long taken root was now a huge tree just waiting to bloom. And then all of a sudden, and with great force, it hit me. It all started to make perfect sense. That that man hung upon that rugged wooden cross wasn't just a man, he was the most important man who had ever been and ever will be. That the man who suffered beyond words was God. That he loved me so much that he would enter this fallen and broken world to pay for my sins and for the shameful things that I have done. Because he loves me and he wants a relationship with me and every other human being on this planet. It was emotional. Romans 8:28, And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. This was a Bible verse that I stumbled across at this time and it just seemed to speak to me and sum up the huge shift that was happening inside of me. I had given my life to Jesus and felt completely and utterly at peace and satisfied. But I also wanted to know more, so I started reading the Bible, Christian books, looking at intelligent design scientists and their arguments for origin of life. Listening to Christian podcasts, apologetics, atheist and Christian debates, archeologists, different pastors from across the world, I just couldn't get enough. I soon realized that the evidence for God is absolutely everywhere and undeniable. From the incredible fine tuning of the universe fit for life, to the exquisite nano factories inside every living cell in our bodies. Wow, our God is an awesome God. I, w- I was more than happy to stay at home watching sermons online and studying the Bible. I felt more than fulfilled and almost selfishly wanted to keep my faith all to myself. God had other ideas, mind you, when I was being directed to church, but which one? I looked around a little online and wasn't sure, so thought to myself, I'll just pause the idea for a while. And then out of the blue, Mel contacted me through social media to see what church I went to, as she noticed that I was a believer from the posts that I had been sharing. She mentioned she had recently started coming to Spring Mount and that there was a Nancy Gowdy spiritual health day that I might like to go to. I instantly wanted to go. I knew that this connection with Mel and Church hadn't been some random coincidence. It was where God wanted me to be. I came on my own to the Nancy Gowdy day being kindly welcomed by Johnny and Roz. And as soon as the song Living Hope started, the tears just rolled down my face and I couldn't stop them. The Holy Spirit moved me in such a way that day that I went home and told Dave that as a family, we would all be going to the Sunday service the next day. Who am I? Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? And what happens to us when we die? I am a daughter of God created in his image. I'm not here because of some random unguided process with no sense of purpose or meaning. He has made us to be his earthly family. He has given each of us free will to choose to follow, love, and worship Him. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply, to love one another, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, to turn away from sin and to spread the good news of the Gospels. I know that when I die, I will be with Him because He loved me so much that He suffered an agonizing death so that my sins have been forgiven. He has redeemed me so that I can stand in front of a righteous and holy God Wash clean from the blood of Jesus and have everlasting life in heaven with him. I have given my life to Jesus. He is my Lord and Saviour and the only one who can make us feel whole and complete. I wake up every day and pray not my will but yours. God has given us all the ability to worship, but He has given us the free will as to where we want to direct that worship. My questions have been answered. I am no longer incomplete. Instead, I am a Christian, I am saved, and I am part of God's family. Psalm ninety-one fourteen. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him, and show him my salvation.
2: Told you. Told you. Okay. Fantastic. So now we get to the part that uh, everybody's waiting for. Okay. So um, I'm going to invite the, the uh, victims. That's the right word, isn't it? One at a time. And uh, they're going to get into the pool with me and Peter. Have a splash around for a bit. No. Naomi's going to read a verse over each person that we've chosen for them today. And then after we've baptised them, Rosie's going to pray Uh, for each one of them okay so Amy seems a while since you shared it's your turn first
0: So, Psalm 51 12 to 13. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach you your ways to rebels and they will return to you.
2: Amy, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I have. Do you want to be baptized today? Yes. It's a bit late if you don't. Amen, at your request and after public confession of your faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for forgiveness of sins, I now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit.
4: It's all right. Let's pray for you. Can we pray for you? Yeah. Yeah, God, I just thank you for this beautiful woman. I thank you for the faith that she has. I thank you for, yeah, the joy that we have as being partner with her on a journey. God, I pray that you will really bless her beyond belief, that today is just the start of just so many new things for her. But, God, I pray a real blessing over her and her family, God, that you will just, yeah, take them where you want to take them and, yeah, that they will truly know that they are never alone. Amen.
6: Jules,
2: you next. Just make sure you get the right verses if I get it in the wrong order.
6: Yeah.
0: So Jules, um, there's a verse from Habakkuk. 3-19. to 19. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like, like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights.
2: Okay, Jules, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Do you want to be baptised today? So, Jules, at your request, and after public confession of your faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for forgiveness of sins, I now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for Jules. I thank you for the witness that she has given today to her friends and her family, but God, also to you. Father God, I thank you that she loves you with all her heart, and I just pray from now on in that she will truly know that you are always there, that she has you by her side, whatever she faces in the ups and in the downs, God, that you are there, but just, yeah, that Jules will just know that, yeah, today is is a special day. Uh, she's acknowledged to others what you mean inside to her god so yeah just a real blessing over her today and and that her friends and her family will see that and know that there is something different about this woman
6: amen
0: Suzanne, the verse for you is from Proverbs 3, verse 13 to 15. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her.
2: Suzanne, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Do you want to be baptised today? I think we might get rid of that question. So, Yuzhan, at your request, and after public confession of your faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for forgiveness of sins, we now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: Yeah, God, I just thank you for Suzanne. I thank you for the person that she is. I thank you that after all these years of searching, God, that she feels completely new, God, now. And Father God, I pray that, yeah, that she will continue to walk your ways. That this woman has got great things ahead. That <laughs> <laughs> the battery's gone. Neely. Neely. Right, yeah, God, we, we know that you've got great things for Suzanne. And I just thank you that, yeah, she has found a spiritual home um, here at Spring Mountain. But God, I just pray for everything that she's going on to do. God, I pray that you will open her eyes to the things that you want her to be doing. And God, as she serves you, that, yeah, that she will feel fulfilled and whole um, because you have made her perfect in your sight. Amen.
0: Ian, the verse for you is from Romans 15, verse 13. May the Lord God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, Ian. We're going to go a bit further forward just to make sure we've got room. Ian, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Do you want to be baptised today? Ian, at your request and after public confession of your faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for forgiveness of your sin, I now baptise you in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit.
4: Father God, I thank you for Ian. I thank you for the servant heart that he has. I thank you that you will use that for for your good God. And I pray that, yeah, today that he will know how valued he is, how full of worth. And God that yeah, that he can do all things. Um, through Christ because you strengthen him, God. I pray that you'll, yeah, make make him bold. I pray that you'll give him the words to say to people. um, Yeah, that he'll draw others to you um, as we're already seeing that he is doing with his family. So God, yeah, I pray a blessing over him and for all that you have in store for him and his family. Amen.
0: John, the verse for you is from Zephaniah 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing.
2: So, John, we'll do it this way. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? I have, yes. Do you want to be baptised today? Yes. So, John, at your request and after public confession of your faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for forgiveness of sins, we now baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit.
4: John. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for John. I thank you for the character that he is. I thank you for the blessing that he is to so many. Father God, I pray that you will make him a mouthpiece for you. Father God, that he will speak into people's lives like nobody else could. But Father, I pray that yeah, that you'll give him wisdom and discernment and I pray a real blessing over him and um, for, for all that you have in store. That, that, There's so much, just, yeah, John, that that God has got in store for you. Yeah, I just feel that. And I just pray that, yeah, that you will know his blessing as you carry on today.
2: Awesome.